Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Advisory Board Chair L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on all things startups. The Platform Podcast features conversations with founders, operators, and experts tackling a myriad of topics facing the marketplace and sharing economy startup ecosystem. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Elle. Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast, and welcome to Series 6 of the Platform Podcast. We have been recording these now for six series, and it is great to be back with some new guests talking about the world of platforms and marketplaces. To kick off this new series, we have Vishal Kapoor, who is Director of Product at Shipped and also a Marketplace Risk Advisory Board member. Welcome to the podcast, Vishal. Hi, Elle. It was, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. And thank you for being our first guest of the new series. One of the reasons we are kicking off the series now is because we've had a busy few weeks with the event in San Francisco, which I managed to meet you at. And I really hope you enjoyed yourself. Tell me, um, tell me about it. Uh, I, I, it was, besides being a pleasure to meet you, it was an exciting, exciting and unique conference for me personally. Uh, there were attendees and speakers ranging from essentially big tech to small startups. Um, and I not only got to learn about complex regulatory compliance and technology problems at scale, but I also got to see where the innovation is happening or is going to happen in marketplaces in the next five to 10 years. Um, I would strongly recommend it for anybody who's learning or interested to learn about how to build, grow, or operate scalable marketplaces uh, you know, as, as a part of their job, as a part of their livelihood. I thoroughly enjoyed it. A uh, lot of great takeaways for me. Uh, and I look forward to continuing to attend the conference, uh, the conferences in future. Brilliant. That's great. And um, well, actually, we'll, in, in a short while, we'll talk about the session that, that you were involved in as well. But in the meantime, shipped. Now, we don't have this in the UK. So so prior to meeting you and obviously being on the advisory board and to this podcast, I have been investigating Shipped and it sounds fascinating. And it also seems like it's, it's a pretty big setup too. So so tell me a bit about the concept, first of all. Sure thing, sure thing. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm a director of product. Uh, shipped is essentially as a company can be, uh, the best way to describe it is it is, a company, a three-sided marketplace, similar to if you have heard of Uber Eats, Mm -hmm. or there is another company in North America called DoorDash, or uh, just the concept is that it's it's a uh, a delivery company. Mm -hmm. So any delivery company that you can, that you could intuit uh, that potentially exists in in the UK. There are other international companies that I know of. One is called GoPuff, one is called Joker. There are different companies which are in different parts of the world. But essentially what the company does, the simple use case that it's trying to solve is uh, it's a three-sided marketplace. And the three sides are, one is the customer or the consumer that is that wants a service. The second is the retailer or the store or the partner uh, where the service is uh, available. And the third is the shopper or the driver or 
you know, uh, the gig worker or, or in, in this case, a gig worker who's actually going and fulfilling that and making that service, fulfilling that uh, delivery promise, making mm-hmm. that delivery. So it's a three-sided marketplace. Some of our competitors in North America are, as I mentioned, companies like DoorDash, Uber Eats, Instacart is a is one of our direct competitors. There are others which are acquired. There's companies like Postmates and all of these uh, specialize in different types of use cases. So just to uh, motivate an example, just to just to explain what I do at the company, uh, imagine yourself as a customer who you know, wants a grocery order mm-hmm. uh, shopped and delivered while, you know, you may have kids, for example, doing groceries is a chore. It's not, it takes a lot of effort, if, if not a lot of, if not a lot of time, but it did, does take a lot of effort. You know, you have to, especially if you live in urban areas, you have to go find parking, you know, uh, depending on how many, how frequently you do, go and do groceries, you might need a large vehicle. And there are all these considerations that people have, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know you you might be one of the use cases that resonates well is uh couples with kids for example families where they want to it's a trade off for what you want to how you want to spend your time uh so you know you uh are willing to pay for a service for getting this done for you it's there there are a lot of services out there this is this is not unlike many of them but yeah. this is one mm-hmm. and when, does it is it takeaways as well is it food like hot food delivered or is it tend to be more of the grocery side of things yeah that's a good question uh that is one of our differentiators hot food is not a takeaway right now Mm -hmm. but there is there are deliveries where you don't need to go and shop the main use case is you go inside a store the shopper we call we call the third side the shoppers which will go inside the store and shop Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the that's the main use case so the uh, but but one of the other use cases is what we call as drivers where they will not go physically go inside and shop, but they would just pick up something and then go about, go, go and actually get it delivered, right? For example. So, right. yeah, both of those are interesting use cases uh, just to kind of motivate why they are different. In the shopping use case, you can only, only do so many shops, you know, in a, certain un- in a certain period of time because the customer is waiting for the order to be delivered. Versus on the driving use case, you could go about driving around town, picking up different orders from different locations and going and dropping them off. Right. So it's a, it's a different way of thinking about the problem, routing a person through a, on a map. Shopping is slightly different because the major problem in shopping is that items are generally not available. So this shopper has to now communicate with the customer and figure out, I don't have the wine that you need. What do I do? Like, can I can I get you a substitute? That the two percent milk you are requesting is not available. Can I get you one percent? Right? Questions mm-hmm. like that are more prominent in the shopping side. On the delivery side, it's a little, it's a slightly different use case. So we do, we do both of them. Yeah, and I, it's almost like it becomes almost like a slightly like a, a concierge style service, doesn't it? But where you are getting exactly what the 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 customer needs for them um and making sure that that they have the right substitute and the reason I, i got this from it because i actually couldn't access the website from here in the uk but i did watch one of your adverts which has Kristen bell in it and i love the idea that you know that the the shipped uh, do you call them drivers or shoppers? shoppers um, yeah, yeah shoppers. That, that they were really getting what what she wanted and needed. Uh, yeah, and I, I really like that proposition. Yeah, I think the the way to describe it easily to somebody uh, Uber Uber does this well. Uber calls it 
your personal driver or that's how they started the business they said you know uh when you request somebody on their ride sharing platform specifically the core use case they used to call it as your personal driver in this case maybe you can describe it as your personal shopper brilliant right? So, yeah. Well, please hurry up and come to the UK then, is all <laughs> I can say. So tell me first um, about your your role at Shipped and also really how you got into that, because, um, you know, it's a really interesting but very new world of, of grocery delivery. And I, I'm imagining that you didn't sort of get into delivery marketplaces straight from college. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I did get into marketplaces from college. Uh, my first job was as an engineer. I trained in, uh, got a degree, graduate degree in computer science, trained as an engineer. And my first job was in online marketplaces, but not really delivery marketplaces, more like mm-hmm. retail marketplaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me start by describing what I do mm-hmm. uh, right now, and then I can come back to how I got here. Yeah. Uh, so, as I said, three sides of the business, uh, and uh, each of them has a different product leader, really a vice president of product, uh, and they have their reports that, you know, directors and, and org- organizations under them. I am on the shopper side, as I was mentioning before. There is a separate product leader for the customer side, the consumer side. There is one for managing the partner relationships, the catalogs, the grocery stores, all of that. I am on the fulfillment side, which is the shopper side. Uh, And broadly, to describe it broadly, you can divide that side up into two parts. Uh, One part is where the shopper actually interacts with the platform. So just to, again, to motivate how this works is, uh, as a consumer, you can imagine what the experience is like, right? It's similar to you placing an order on an Uber Eats or an Amazon. You place an order. You go through, you go through, you know, you, you go to their website, go to their app, you get a selection, catalog select, selection of catalogs somewhere. It's slightly different for Amazon versus Uber Eats in that Amazon is a global marketplace and Uber Eats really an international marketplace and Uber Eats is more localized. Meaning if you want a takeout or a food delivery, it you can't, you can't get it from China, mm-hmm. right? Like it has to be, you know, localized, <laughs> business built localized for you, for example. Uh, you might well, get Chinese takeout from a store near you, but you won't probably get it from China. No, example. but that would be great, but no. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd have to do something really, really advanced to make that happen and keep the food fresh and all that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it, it will come, Vishal, it will come. <laughs> yeah, you know, in due time. Um, so, uh, so, uh, so that's, that's the, the, that, those are the three leaders. Uh, those are the three mainly verticals at the company there's the customer the uh the retailer and the shopper now as i said you can imagine on the customer side the experience is fairly commoditized right you there are a lot of marketplaces out there for you you place an order and ultimately you get the order uh you know dropped off to you you it's it, it could be an amazon employee it could be a gig worker for for Uber, uh, you know, an independent contractor who's choosing to drive, not a full-time employee, but choosing to drive with the company. Either ways, you will get, as a member, as a customer, you will get your uh, order delivered to you. I work on the third side, which is the shopper side, which is, uh, again, to emphasize the word, uh, uh, a gig workforce or an elastic workforce. What we are trying to do is uh, these, uh, or all gig companies are trying to do is that these shoppers or drivers or workers that really work for these companies uh, 
they are independent uh, independent contractors they are not on our payroll officially so they are willing and free to choose as they see fit uh come to the marketplace work as they see fit and and may or may not come back again mm-hmm. for example so building a business on top of a elastic workforce and uh making sure that the customer experience is is uh very high quality right that's the level of service for example if a customer places an order for a grocery delivery and expect generally what happens is they we are in covid times but at least before covid you know people were physically going to office uh and generally there were your daily uh you know work cycles right which is you know you're in office from 9 to 5 you come back and you know grocery uh, shopping generally either you you can go and do your groceries yourself but generally the shopping would pick up in the evenings so same case here which is that the orders would typically get delivered or the request for delivering the orders would come around the evening for example so the shoppers have to make sure we have to make sure as a company that we find a shopper or have enough supply uh when an order a request for an mm-hmm. order comes through for being delivered at that point in time uh we have a shopper with high guarantee that will be able to go and make that delivery if we can't make the delivery to the customer the customer will not come back to us no right if we don't provide enough selections uh the customer will not come back to us so that's the second problem but the main problem that i solve or i own at the company is uh, how to make sure that the products that we have motivate the shoppers the people who are willing to come, choosing to come and work uh, for us how does it motivate them to come back over and over again uh, and uh, you know actually fulfill the order and deliver it to the customers now there are two parts to it i'll quickly go over this and uh, you know we can take the conversation forward so one part is sort of your what does the shopper see so as i said the, on the customer side you can imagine it's an app or a website just un, not unlike an amazon or an uber eats on the shopper side now what happens is that we we are sort of in the middle which is the marketplace we are getting all the orders from all these customers everywhere and we are the brokers of who gets that order what does that if you if a shopper takes an order picks up an order what do they get paid for doing that job right uh and whether we want to just give out one order or whether we want to give out a bunch of orders mm-hmm. if you think of uber pool as a use case where multiple people could be multiple parties could be uh 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 going along the same route could be actually pooled together in the same car mm-hmm. you know for economies of scale so we can do the same thing we can have multiple orders around the same time in the same vicinity in the same neighborhood pool those orders together so that is the mark that is the marketplace but then the other side is your experience where there is a different shopper app different from the consumer app and there the shoppers are actually browsing the orders looking at how their performance is what their whether they got paid on time what were their payouts what are the options available how are their ratings we have a rating system where you know we will obviously reward high performing shoppers so what is their how what is their performance look like there is a component to that of interacting with the service through an app but i actually work on the engines mm-hmm. uh which is really the the uh, couple of things that i talked about one was whether we want to give this as a single order or a bunch of orders uh because it saves us time it it improves our utilization of the available shoppers that are out there <clears throat> excuse me by giving them more jobs you know we can make more and more use of their time mm-hmm. right and and by doing that they get more money as well because they are working more for us therefore they get more money by doing that 
that's one. And then the second part is what do they get paid? That is one of the systems that I own. And uh, it's a good segue into the talk that I gave at Marketplace Risk, which you mentioned was how to use pricing, mm-hmm. pricing for, uh, uh, for managing risks in the marketplace. So one of the systems that I own is shopper earnings or shopper pricing or pricing the orders. So that is generally what I do at Shift. Wow, it sounds like a tricky balancing act to to actually make, you know, all these different parts work together. Um, but you're obviously managing it very well. Um, that does lead beautifully into your session because um Jeremy and I were were talking and I know that you had a conversation with him about what a fresh perspective your session brought to the conference because obviously we have a lot of trust and safety professionals and people within a trust and safety role or a risk management role at marketplaces in our talks which is brilliant but what you've brought to the table as director of product and doing a session where you talk about pricing and you know the 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 risk management around that was really interesting so tell us a bit about the the session and um and what what why is pricing important uh that's a great question and obviously i'm biased (laughs) (laughs) so i could uh i could go on for days on this topic i do this as part of my day job but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I won't, uh, I promise. Uh, so I'll say, I'll say two things, right? Uh, one of the things is that uh, just as a trend, uh, I think recently I've started noticing other product managers or other product leaders across the tech industry talk about product led X. So, you know, one of the talks that one of my uh, acquaintances recently gave at a at another conference keynote was product-led growth. So you will hear the word growth hacking, especially in product and engineering circles. You'll hear the word growth hacking or uh, growth modeling and you know growing companies, growing teams as, as a keyword that goes around, as a word that goes mm-hmm. around. It's a special, specialized set of skills. Uh, and generally, companies that are at scale will hire growth PMs, for example. There are specialized roles for it. Uh, product-led growth. So in this case, I would say this is product-led risk management, right? And that was a fresh perspective that I, this was my first time talking at Marketplace Risk. And that was a first, uh, a fresh perspective that I wanted to bring in. Uh, and why, right? So one of the things that I have noticed is pricing or surge pricing uh, as a concept is fairly commoditized at this point in the sense that uh, when you book an Uber or when you book a Lyft or, or if you have any delivery services, for example, uh, the concept of paying a premium price for instant gratification is not uh, is not new right uh, you know you you want something you you want something urgently you pay for it and mm-hmm. if you are willing to wait then you save right you mm-hmm. wait and save that's, yeah. that's a very intuitive concept people understand it but actually making that happen in a marketplace which is fully online and fully real time and doing that in the moment uh, is something that is that was that is new and unique, and that uh, honestly, because uh, as I was referring to before, right, this is an independent workforce, and one of the reasons why they come to a company like Uber or a company like uh, you know Joker or a company like GoPuff or a company like uh, DoorDash or Shipt is because they want uh, economic empowerment. You know, there is probably some single mother out there, you know, ha- having a second or a third source of income, trying to, you know, raise raise her kids, for example. There is probably a student 
not unlike myself, you know, put trying to put them th- themselves through graduate school, <laughs> as I was at one point, <laughs> uh, and you know, looking for something on the side, looking, you know, if they have some spare time, any time in the week, by the way, because they can come and go as they wish, mm-hmm. any time in the week, any time in the year, if they want to just make some money on the side by you know doing picking up a few of these jobs, they are welcome to do so. Now these kind of marketplaces, gig marketplaces have enabled and, and created that kind of empowerment for people. Uh, but the reason why they come, they generally, they mainly come to us is obviously for, as, as I said, for that empowerment is that they want, uh, they, they, they want to be compensated for the job that they do. Right. And we want to make sure that we are compensating them fairly. Uh, and we are, um, incentivizing, the right people to come and work for us more, the, the people who actually work hard. We are trying to, uh, as best as possible, disincentivize uh, anybody who's trying to exploit any uh, any policies or abuse any policies that we might have on the platform um, and things like that, right? So, so give me an that, example of that, Vishal. What, what, what would they be trying to exploit? Yeah, that's uh, we are getting into the area of fraud. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, so... I'll give you an example. I just wanted to close the thought saying uh, the management of an elastic workforce like that, the main lever that that we strongly feel is pricing, is is the payouts that they are actually getting. Yeah, yeah. So that is the reason because if we don't do a good job, I mean, I, I'll give you, I'll start with a simple example. We'll come back to the fraud case. A simple example is you can imagine, right, the expectations of the consumer and the expectations of the shopper or the or the driver in this case are exactly opposite what does that mean as a consumer you have many options to shop from a lot of different places and you don't want to pay very high fees so it's a race to the bottom on the other hand as a shopper because you're coming to a platform for economic empowerment you want to make as much money as you can so it's a race to the top right so the so the customer doesn't want to pay very high but the shopper wants to make make as much as as high money as possible that's what makes the risk uh that that game of balancing the marketplace between these three parties and the risk of if we don't pay fairly or if we don't pay properly or if there is a lot of fraud which i'll come to uh, one of the sides will actually collapse the shopper side might collapse in which case the customers will suffer because there is nobody actually to fulfill their orders that's what makes it very it's very challenging and it's a very beautiful problem you know the way you know we think about it is that's where the you know, a lot of smart people, huge teams of data scientists, engineers, product managers are spending a lot of intellectual horsepower trying to think about the problems that come there. But let's come to one of the problems, right? So I'll, I'll make up this example and hopefully you'll be able to follow along. So one of the things that we do as a company, a lot of companies do, a lot of retailers do, is you can imagine sometimes that uh, some of the orders may or may not get delivered. Right. So, uh, you know, a shopper, let's say they picked up an order from a store or shopped an order from a store and somehow the address that was entered by the customer was somehow unreachable for some reason. Maybe they were behind a gate code. Maybe the unit number was incorrect or not entered. They lived in a building, you know, or something like that. Right. Generally speaking, something Mm -hmm. went wrong. Uh, Maybe there was a security guard which did not let them in, for example. Right. There, There could be many scenarios. But in a case where that does not go, does is unable to be delivered, we will incentivize the shoppers to uh, return the order back to the store. For example, now why would they do that, right? Like it, it costs them time as well as it costs them effort as well as money, right? Because you know driving back to the store, depending on how far the order is, how far the customer is from the store, 
they have to pay out of pocket for gas, for example, right? So that's not fair. And we want to always do a good job and pay fairly. So one of the things that we do is we have, uh, I, I'll make up a number, but one of the things that we do is we have some compensation for incentivizing the shoppers to return the order back to the store. Let's make up a number. Let's say that it's $5. Yeah. Right. The order goes undelivered. We give you five bucks to actually re return it back to the store. Now, here's here's the fun part. Uh, I told you that one of the systems that I own is called bundling or batching the orders. The way the business operates is uh, this term gets around a lot in in many different uh, domains and many different industries is unit economics. The way the business operates is the unit. Our unit of economics is an order. So what does that mean is how much does it cost for us to actually fulfill a single order, get it fulfilled? How much do we pay the shopper? Obviously, there is a cost for using the platform. So what is our margin? What happens when they when it is a single order versus when they are bundled and so on, right? So there are different ways in which we track these numbers. So let's just take an example where uh, this order was actually part of a bundle. And the unit economics, again, making up an example, let's say yeah. the unit economics was you, we wanted to run a certain line of business, let's say at $4 per order. Now, in this case, we, we may have created a policy where instead of you making a genuine attempt to go and deliver the order, if you do that, it will cost you gas, it will cost you time, it will cost you effort and money, but it will give you $4 on an average. On the other hand, if you just return, you take it, pick it up from the store and just go back, you know, wait in the parking lot for a couple of minutes, go back and return and say, I couldn't deliver the order. You get $5. Oh, no. Right? So, you know, so I'm making up an example, obviously. It's not yeah. that straightforward. But this is, there are actors who genuinely want to gain trust on the platform and do a good job. And because, you know, you know, it's like, you know, killing the goose, you know, that laid, that laid the golden eggs. You don't want to kill the goose, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> bad analogy, but you want you want this to be a uh, a long term sustainable viable option for you whenever you whenever you want to choose it. You want it to be a viable option versus the bad actors that I talked about. They will exploit these things. They will kill the goose, and then you know ultimately uh, we see these type of abuses happen all the time, and we will kick those people off the platform. So that's one example where, again, if you take this example, just in this simple example. Every order actually costed the business one extra dollar without anything going to the customers. Yeah. And if this and if this example, you know, was at scale and was rampant, mm -hmm. that is a clear risk. That is a policy risk, uh, market design risk, and the marketplace will collapse. So there are these type of problems, meta problems at the company that you know me and my team uh, and different other different people we think very hard about how policies are, how we are designing the marketplace, how it's constructed. Besides the fact of like, okay, for, for minus the abuse case, minus these type of policy conflicts, uh, in the genuine cases where somebody is actually making, you know, doing a job, how should we try to price an order? What is the, what is fair pay? So there are all these foundational questions that we yeah. think very, very deeply about. Yeah. Vishal, this is fascinating. It's like you've sort of lifted um, the curtain up and we've got a peek inside what, what goes on and so interesting I could honestly talk to you for another hour on this or longer but we we have run out of time but what a great start to series six of the platform podcast hearing about behind the scenes at shipped and and a fresh perspective indeed on on the risk when we're talking about pricing so we really look forward to hearing from you um 
maybe in an, another podcast series, but also on some of our live events and at our in-person events in the future. So thank you again for coming on today, Bishal. Thank you so much, El. This was a scintillating conversation. As always, it is such a pleasure to uh, interact with the Marketplace Risk Group. And I look forward to more conversations in the future as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. Be sure to check us out at marketplacerisk.com for information and resources to help startups launch, grow, and succeed. And follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on all of our conferences, summits, virtual events, and more.